Good morning, church. There's like 20 of you in here. Thank you so much for being here. We love a holiday weekend. You never know when people show up. So I'm just so glad that you're here. If you're online, thanks for joining us. Oh, Andrew, hi. Hi, buddy. Okay, if you wanna stand and join me in worship, that would be awesome. Um, yeah. If you wanna like scoot up a couple rows, bet me and Nate wouldn't be that mad about it, but, you know, it's up to you. <laughs> but yeah, if you'd like to stand and join me in worship, that'd be awesome.
So I asked Nate this week, uh, usually if, if I find out who's teaching, I'll ask them like, hey, what are you teaching on? And he was like, you can just like, just like pick whatever you want to sing, like just, you know. And I said, okay, like that's easy, that's fine. And, um, you know, for me, I try not to make worship just something that I do, right? Because it's, it's worship, it's holy. And I don't want it to be a chore, I don't want it to be something that I feel like I have to do, or a time in church but that everyone sings because we have to, right? Like, we do this because this is the cry of our hearts. Um, and so, like, I kept thinking about the songs and what my, where my heart is at. Um, and man, like, for anyone that's known me for the last two years, like, it's been a little bit of a battle. It's not been fun. Um, 
And so it's so easy to kind of get down on yourself and like think, oh man, God, like where are you? What are you doing? And like you don't want to reach out to anyone because you're trying to tend to yourself. But um, this weekend there was an opportunity for Taylor and I to, to love someone well, even in the middle of our mess. And at first, as we were driving over there, I was thinking like, I don't know what I'm going to have to give. I don't know what I can give of myself because I feel pretty empty right now. Um, but sitting in the middle of, of someone else's hurt and someone else's pain and sitting with them, that was also holy. It was also restful. And I think that um, Taylor and I ended up needing that more than they needed us. And so in those moments, in the, the middle of, of, of things, it was so good to just slow down and just cry out to God together. Um, but all of these songs are just the cry of my heart. This is where I'm at. Um, but I pray if there's anything that's hard right now or anything that you're holding on to, whether it's something awesome or something really, really heavy, I pray that you just let it go. Because that's what we're here for. This is the time for that. But, cool. Thanks. I need to get that out of my brain before I kept singing. Ah.
You can have a seat. Good morning and welcome to Genesis. My name is Bethany. Please take a moment to let us know that you're here today. You can either fill out your digital green card or the one that's in the pews. And if you're new to Genesis and you'd like to connect with our digital card, you can text new to Genesis, all lowercase, no space, to 94000. You can place your green card in the back, in the wooden box in the back of the sanctuary. This is also where you can place your offering if you've brought it with you. Thank you to everyone who gives online and through text. For people on Zoom and Facebook today, we'll be taking communion so you can Take a moment, grab your elements if you want to participate with us in that today. As a church, we want to be in the rhythms of celebration, and we're constantly looking for new ways to celebrate what is God doing in our lives and where are we seeing him. We want to highlight this on the bulletin board outside toward the back, and we want to cover it with cards that tell the stories of the ways that we are seeing this. These are some of the prompts we would love you to be thinking about throughout the last week. In the last week, how have you practiced being authentic and vulnerable? In this last week, has someone been vulnerable with you and how? Please add your stories to the board in the lobby. We are eating a bagged lunch today together after service. Please join us or grab carry out and come back. We will also have popsicles. Okay, so kids, it's time to release you. You can leave the pews and go to the back. 
and find your teachers back there. And everybody else, take a moment and say hi to the people next to you. Connection time.
All right. Let's wrap up our conversations. Good morning, welcome to Genesis. I see uh, family visitors here and I welcome you. Happy 4th of July weekend. It's good to be together. Uh, Bo is on vacation in California with his boys and uh, Carmel ended up having to stay in Michigan but is with her family in Grand Rapids. So our uh, thoughts and our prayers are with them as they are traveling. And I'm excited to be able to wrap up Matthew chapter 10 this week. Last week we spent um, a fair amount of time going through what I would refer to as the heavy section. If you are here last week, you did a great job and you came back, so that says something. But uh, this week we're going to wrap up Matthew 10, and uh, we're also going to take communion together. So uh, I'm excited for our time. So let's pray and we'll, we'll jump in uh, to this last, last section. So God, we invite you to, uh, to speak to us, to meet with us. Uh, to restore us, to refresh us, to challenge us and grow us in your likeness. And so we invite you into the places that we have shown up in opposition. And we ask for your mercy. We invite your spirit to be a mentor and a teacher for us. And so, help our resistance to go down. And we ask, Lord, by your spirit that you would help us to have open ears and open hearts to what you would have to say to us this morning. It is good for us to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And so we declare that we trust you, that we need you, and that you want us. These are good words this morning. And so we submit to you this time and thank you for bringing us together. We ask for your kingdom to come. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Matthew chapter 10, we're going to be starting at verse 40, and we're just finishing out the chapter. So it's a solid three verses. So it should only take us about an hour and a half. 
So if you have your phone or a tablet or you want to use the Bible, pull it out. If not, it'll be on the screen behind me. Matthew chapter 10, starting with verse 40. It says, anyone, this is Jesus speaking, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Jesus is saying that there are people in our lives that will welcome us. And in so doing, they welcome Jesus who comes along with us. And when someone welcomes Jesus, then they're welcoming also the one who sent Jesus. This concept is kind of like welcoming an ambassador from another nation. That ambassador has been sent to represent the authority of that nation. And in welcoming the ambassador, one is then welcoming the authority and also anyone in that nation. When I focus on this word welcome, I think about the power that it holds. The Greek translation is to receive joyfully. And if you were here last week, you know that we covered all the heavy stuff about rejection and what the actual reward is, which is losing yourself in order to find yourself. This idea of welcoming one as an ambassador of Jesus unknowingly for me usually sounds like this, and it usually happens uh, either in the gym or uh, after yoga or when I'm with musician friends. They'll usually say something like, I don't think I could ever go to church. But if I was going to go, I would go to your church. <laughs> or they'll say something like, um, I don't think I could ever enter a church building without lightning striking it. Or they'll be kind of loose-lipped with me and they'll say, I don't like Christians. but I like you. I don't think they're intending to be offensive. They're actually trying to be very vulnerable and welcoming. 
If you have someone in your life who says to you, I don't think I could ever go to church, but if I did, I would go to yours, or something of that nature, don't fool yourself. You're, you are discipling them. They don't need to be within the walls of organized Christianity in order to be discipled. And if somebody ever says to you, I don't think I understand Christians, or I don't fit, but you seem different, you seem to be outside of my, what my experience is, understand that that person is welcoming you into their life. And Jesus has said, when they welcome you, they're welcoming me. And they're welcoming the one who has sent me. And I think it's really important for us to remember this, that they aren't rejecting Jesus. They're probably rejecting a religious institution. And once you get in the conversation, it's usually for a very valid, valid reason. Perhaps even a reason why Jesus rejected religious institutions. But they welcome you. And so in turn, they're welcoming Jesus. Today, I'd like to focus our energy in a positive direction. Sometimes I feel like I take all the heavy talks. Maybe it's just the way my brain works. But today I wanted to do something that was a little bit more lightweight. We'll see if that's possible. <laughs> we'll see how many times I cry, right? But specifically, I'd like to celebrate the fact that we have each been welcomed by God. So my plan for us this morning is to reflect on being welcomed by God and then to try and articulate that experience into words. And then to celebrate it by proclaiming those words to one another. So, let's set our intention for today. Jesus asked the question, what did you come expecting? What did you expect to find? And so if you have not set your intention, may I offer this, to experience the welcome of God. So I think it's important for me to share some of my story in order for us to get into this. Growing up, I had the awesome opportunity to spend a lot of time in recovery and in rehab centers. And while I was there, there was a practice. I think they called it popcorn testimony, where people had the freedom to stand up and to share their stories about how their lives had been changed. 
And their stories were super compelling, but they also carried with them the weight of those people's lived experiences. And when I was in that space during those testimony times in a weird way, I would kind of be jealous. Like I'd kind of be jealous that they had these stories that seemed so powerful. Like they were communicating these massive moments in their life about how God had met them and how their life had been changed. And their stories seemed to be real and I seemed to be encouraged when I heard them. In the same church, there was kind of like these separations where on Sunday, a group of people gathered, but then on every other day, the people in the rehab and recovery communities gathered. And it seemed like they didn't really cross paths. And I started to recognize that when I was with the people on Sunday, it didn't feel the same as when I was with the people who were sharing the desperation in their life and how God had met them. And as I, as I matured, I realized that the church that I was a part of was founded on rescuing people from lives of alcoholism. And so in the late 1800s, they took a firm stance saying, we're, we're not gonna drink alcohol to the point that they were non-sacramental, meaning they did not practice communion because in the late 1800s, if you practice communion, you were drinking wine. So I didn't understand all of that and nobody had ever talked to me about that. And what I started to realize was that nobody actually talked to the people that gathered on Sundays about that. And what I had realized was that in one space, there were people who were declaring their ultimate dependency on God in order to make it through a single day. And in the other space, I was amongst a number of religious people who had inherited a number of behavioral modifications that they themselves didn't know why they were put in place. I'm sharing this because I would have these moments where I would see somebody talk about their desperation for God and it made my heart stir. And I just wanted to celebrate it. But then on Sundays, I would go into what was worship, and it, didn't, it felt completely disconnected from the desperation. So my son's namesake, Rome, or Romolo is his Sicilian name, had one of these stories. He had this crazy story about running with the gangs in New York and Chicago. He was Sicilian. <laughs> His name's Romolo. <laughs> they had some type of front that was like a 
vegetable business. <laughs> and he got caught. And he told the story of standing before a judge. And the judge said to him, because of your age, you can either go to jail or you can go work at a Salvation Army camp. He chose the camp. And he tells the story that that summer, his life would be changed forever because he had an encounter of being welcomed by God. And when Rome tells that story, my heart gets encouraged. I can hear it over and over and over and over again. Revelation 12:11 says they, so the referencing the saints of God, they triumphed over him, which is the accuser of the brethren, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So we triumph over the accuser of us by sharing the word of our testimony. And I think we all have the tendencies to forget that we're part of a good news story. Once we did not know God, but now in some way we do. And God has welcomed us into something that is good. And if it was good news for us when we heard it, then it would be good news for others to hear it as well. So I'd like to kind of pull this thread in Matthew 10. Matthew 10, 7, Jesus says, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And this is good news. And in verse 27, Jesus says, What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. There is good news to be shared. And it's found in our stories. We proclaimed a version of this last Sunday to each other when we celebrated communion. We said, you are welcomed by God, and you are wanted by God. If you've experienced God welcoming you, then you've experienced good news. And there's a world that is longing to hear it. And Jesus says, proclaim it. Let it be known. Speak it in the daylight and proclaim it from rooftops. If you were going to proclaim a message of good news today, what would you even say? Most of us haven't taken the time to try and articulate how God has welcomed us. But if we did take the time, it would be really, really good news that we could share with others. And so this morning, I wanted to offer a template 
I also want to give us some time to try and put words to our experiences. So the template is this. God welcomed me when I was blank, fill in the blank. This was good news because fill in the blank. So God welcomed me when I was, this was good news because fill in the blank. So I'll share first to give you an example. Now that you've heard a little bit of the context of my story, God welcomed me when I was discouraged in a legalistic religion that I could never measure up to. This was good news because I thought I had to perform to win God's approval. But it turns out that I was already loved by God. Yeah, does that make you want to celebrate and clap and say, that's amazing? Yeah. That's really good news. And it's not unique to me. Many people have had this experience. God welcomed me when I was discouraged in a legalistic religion that I could never measure up to. This was good news because I thought I had to perform to win God's approval, but it turns out that I was already loved by God. So my question is, what about you? How would you fill in these blanks? And maybe this morning, you don't have a story to fill in these blanks. That's okay. Don't feel pressure. But I want to take three minutes and give us time to fill in the blanks. So maybe use the notes on your phone, or you can write on something, or maybe think it through in your head. But I'm going to give us three minutes. Mark, can you set a timer? And fill in the blanks. So the template is up here. And three minutes starts when Mark says it starts. Yep. Go.
Timer? All right, get ready, because I'm gonna have a two-minute one, okay? All right, so, exhale, you did it. You either survived, you're an extrovert and you survived three minutes of silence, so good job. Or you're an introvert and you're sad that the three minutes has ended. So the goal was to try to put words to this. The next step is gonna be using your voice to say the words. So what I want us to do, I'm gonna give us two minutes, just find someone, they might be sitting next to you, that, that's fine, and try and say the words that you said and then let them say back to you what they wrote, okay? So we have two minutes, find someone and say the words. If you're sitting by yourself and you're an extrovert, go find someone that's sitting by themselves and make them uncomfortable to do it as well, okay? Mark, tell us when we have two minutes. Everyone ready? Nods? Silence is disagreement, everyone ready? Yeah, okay. Give us a timer, go, two minutes. All right, two minutes is up. So, regarding what you heard from the other person, by a uh, rousing applause or something, is what you heard from them, did it sound like good news? Okay. All right, that's important. Let's take that energy into this next part. Andrew, will you be the rover, the microphone? Yeah. All right. Why not? All right. So together, we're going to look for people who raise their hands and are willing to share what they said, okay? So let's take that energy into this next part. 
If you think the person who shared with you should share what they shared with you with us, tell them that right now. Okay, so this isn't me. I'm not telling you. That's right. So who's willing to share with us what, what you wrote down and what you shared? All right, in the back. We got Tony in the back. Can you run back there? Yeah. All right. Here comes the mic, Tony. I got for you. Thank you, Andrew. God welcomed me when my family was struggling. This is good news because my family's doing better now. Yeah, all right. Give my hand. Stay right there, Andrew. All right, who's next? All right, right here, Andrew, right in this plaid shirt. God welcomed me when I was endlessly berating myself for imperfection. This is good news because God doesn't ask us for perfection or even basic decency. He just wants a relationship between us and him. Nice. Does that sound like good news? Thank you. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Marty. Marty. If you, Marty. I'd stand, but my foot's asleep. <laughs> it was that, that, that long of a talk? I didn't think it was that long. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you put the template back up there? Dan told me to use my words, and I, don't, I can't see the words. Um, to make a very long and um, sorted story very short, I'll try, I'll try to. Um, I was raised in a very um, loving but um, limited to, to the world, um, to world view, other, other views than what my parents taught me. Um, it was very conservative. Um, and when I came out when I was 30, uh, it was devastating to my family and to my church. I was ultimately asked to leave my church because of this, because I taught Sunday school and led worship and led the youth group, and I just wasn't qualified in their eyes anymore. So um, that was heartbreaking, and my heart was in a million pieces when I found Genesis. And God welcomed me when my heart was in a million broken pieces. Mm -hmm. um, and he showed me his love through this community here. And I was able to learn that all those scriptures that were crammed down my throat all my life that were telling me I was going to hell and I was just this big giant sinner were completely taken out of context. And I, I just learned not only that God loved me, but I learned to love myself. Mm. And now I'm in a place where I'm not only welcomed, but celebrated for who I am. And I'm, I'm not saying that I'm perfect because no one is, but, and I still sin, you know, but for some reason that seemed to be the ultimate sin hmm. in the church. And I just, for years, I just felt like I was nothing and that I was constantly just God was just dangling me over the pits of hell and I don't feel like that anymore and I'm very thankful for that um, it's taken years of therapy <laughs> um, and but God did welcome me 
And I'm very thankful for that. And that's good news because I feel like a whole human. Awesome. Thank you for sharing with us. Amen. Well, Nick. Who else would like to share their good news story with us? Tap the person next to you if you think they should be the one sharing. They might need that encouragement. Well, uh, God welcomed me when I found myself broken and upset in the wake of my brother's death. Mm -hmm. And this is good news because for the first time in 30 years, I realized I don't need to be put together for God to love me. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Amen. Thank you. Who else? Who else is willing to share? Right here, with the, right here Andrew, with the, I'm standing up. Oh. <laughs> here you go. I just want to say thank you for that good news because nothing has ever sounded better to me mm. than not having to be put together for God to love me. Awesome. Amen. Thank you. Oh, my. Great. <laughs> thank you, Andrew. Uh, God loved me. God welcomed me when I was exhausted and suicidal trying to measure up. Uh, this was good news because it was unconditional. I didn't have to earn his love. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Amen. Who next? Right over here. So what I wrote was, God welcomed me when I was a pile of goo. Mm. And that's literally what it says in my, in my Keep app. And um, this was good news because it showed me that I didn't need to be or do anything other than see his, like, written on me. Like, there was, that's the only label I needed. That was the only construct I needed. That was anything. It was just that I belonged to him. And... Like you said, so many of you, it was okay if I was his as a pile of goo and that he would rebuild me in his time. Mm, awesome. Amen. Thank you. At the soundboard, Andrew. At the soundboard. Oh. Hang up. God welcomed me when I was defiant. Mm. And this is good news because I'm defiant a lot. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Who else? Over here by the Harvey over there. Abby. I call Abby. Thank you. Um, well, the first question, God welcomed me when I was a despicable sinner. Mm. Now, I, don't, I didn't even want to be around myself. But we welcomed that because I now know that I have eternal life and I'm going to go to heaven. But even, even with that, the little 
thing I got on my shoulder is do love. Now I feel I can do love and welcome people and talk to people and try to save people because I know God saved me. Amen? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Harvey. Amen. God welcomed me when I was actively suicidal and en route with my plans, and he met me exactly where I was. And this is good news because my story wasn't finished yet, and he's mm -hmm. not done with me, and yeah. he's never going to be done with me. So. Awesome. Thank you. Amen. Do you feel what, like, do you feel the encouragement? Like, are you getting hype? Like, we're gonna run out of here? Like, I don't know. It reminds me of like a football game or something. Like, we're gonna run out on, charge out onto the field. It's so encouraging. My heart's so full. Who, who else is willing to share? This is a safe space to share, safe space to practice. Right here, Andrew. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> it's kind of deep. Okay. God welcomed me when I was hopeless, doubtful, strung out, confused, lost, in despair, and ashamed. Um, this was good news because after learning that the worldly things will not satisfy, even in sobriety, and the longing for something that I now know is Jesus couldn't be met by anything other than Jesus. That's awesome. Amen, thank you. <laughs> oh, I hate going because I cry. That's okay. <laughs> I haven't cried yet today, so you can cry for me, Manya. There you go. God welcomes me every day when I'm trying to do everything in my own self-sufficiency. This is good news because he offers rest and relationship. Yeah, amen. <laughs> All right, thank you, Manya. Uh, God welcomed me when I was in need of friends by putting welcoming and inclusive people into my life. This was good news because we are not meant we are meant to be in a community, not islands. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Andrew. Up front. Hey, uh, my, he's a good favorite. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Um, God welcomed me when I was told that he wouldn't. This is good news because God is not defined by people's interpretation of who he is. Thank you, Hannah. Anybody else? We have a couple more minutes. God uh, welcomed me when I was unstable. This was good news because I'm now planted in his garden. Mm. Amen. Thank you. Good morning.
God welcomed me when I was really overwhelmed. And this is good news because I didn't need to do more to be loved or to be considered valuable. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mama. Thanks, Andrew. Um, I put God welcomed me when I was angry at God. And this is good news because God's view of me is not dependent upon my response. Mm. Nice. Thank you. Amen. Who oh, next? Right up here. Oh. Thank you, Andrew. God welcomed me when I was a child. Mm. Um, I really could not put into words the answers to either one of these questions from the time when I was only about nine or ten. But at that point, I was the oldest child of six children, felt a lot of responsibility, a lot of I have to do's in order to be accepted. God came into my life. He changed the focus. Mm. Now I'd follow him and not necessarily what everybody wants me to do. That's awesome. Amen. Thank you. No more. Hmm. If the person that shared with you had a real zinger, give them a little encouragement. Yep. Thank you. Right here. Uh, God welcomed me when I was looking for a community where I didn't need to have all of the answers. And this was good news because now I'm surrounded by people that encourage me to ask questions and learn and grow with God. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Mama. All right, last call. All right, give Andrew a hand. Thank you. Honey at home. Me and I can like a woman. Thank you. Thank you. So in the beginning of my talk, I shared about these friends of mine who welcome me into their lives but do not feel welcome into the church. And I believe we all have those people who trust us 
and are looking for hope, they're looking for help, they're looking to be loved, they're looking to belong. And Jesus says, as they welcome you, they're welcoming me. And so in this time and in this space, we practice saying those words. So here's the big challenge. Could you share your story of good news this week with someone who has welcomed you into their life? Because it could very well be that your story is the story that they need to hear. When you think about the words that you wrote down or the words that you heard in this room, does somebody come to mind immediately that needs to hear good news? I'm going to pray for us with those people in mind. So Lord, you are, you are a God of pursuit. And you call people by name. And so for those that you've put on our heart and in our mind, we want to be a part of your kingdom come. And so we ask for opportunity, for an openness, for a willingness to be able to share the hope that we have found, the welcome that we have found in you. I pray, Lord, that you would protect us from a sense of duty and replace it with a sense of opportunity, an opportunity to extend your welcome in the same way that you have extended your welcome to us. And so together, we celebrate and we give you praise for the way that you personally and intimately have called us by name. We celebrate that for ourselves. We celebrate that for each other. And we ask God that you would once again Extend your welcome to those in our lives who are in need of you. And we lift them by name to you. And we ask for your kingdom to come and for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Good morning, friends. Nate asked if I would lead us into the time at the Lord's table. And if one thing is true about the people of God, this table and the invitation that Jesus extended is one thing that has existed and practiced without change from the time that Jesus instituted it in the upper room to this very moment. And it's important to think about that. 
Many other things about the church have changed over the years, but this is the common place where we come together at the invitation and the welcome of Jesus at his table. So as we come together, I want to read this passage of Scripture to you, and I like the way Eugene Peterson in the message uh, gives this admonition from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, Let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. I received my instructions from the Master himself and passed them on to you. The Master Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took bread, and having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood. My new covenant with you, each time you drink this cup, remember me. What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns. You must never let familiarity breed contempt. Anyone who eats this bread or drinks the cup of the master irreverently is like part of the crowd that jeered and spit on him at his death. Is that the kind of remembrance you want to be part of? So examine your motives, test your heart, and come to this meal in holy awe. You pray with me. God, by your spirit, grant us the willingness and courage to take a moment and see how we come to this time. And let us come to this time with holy awe, wonder, curiosity, amazement, in light of what we have shared about the good news work in our lives and how you have welcomed us that in yourself you made the way for us to know you. And grant that this time together may also remind us that it is not just us alone on the road, but we are on the road with you and together. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're going to do this just a tad differently. We've been coming to the front, which we'll continue to do, and we're going to ask that you do that again. Come down the center aisle from each side, forming the lines, and we're going to serve you. But what we're going to ask you to do, instead of taking it individually, is take the elements and continue walking and just stand along the outside walls of the sanctuary until everyone has been served. And then we're going to eat and drink together, looking at each other, as sisters and brothers, one body in Christ, remembering him. Is that okay? We're going to do it whether you think it's okay or not. <laughs> Nate gave me the, uh, the privilege of doing this, and so we're going to do it that way. So come down the center aisles, take the elements, walk with them, and just stand along the outside wall, and we'll eat and drink together.
how good it is. When Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, this wasn't like a scrapbook memory or some fond uh, thought that you had of a vacation sometime. He said, do this in remembrance of me because you need to remember I'm in your midst. I am here, I'm present with you. And I am present in you. And I'm present between you. And I'm, pre I'm present over you and in the center of us. So let us eat and drink together and look across at the person on the other wall and remember we are one in Christ. And now may the God of peace, the God himself who is our peace, sanctify you wholly until the day he returns and grant that your great, his grace may abound in you today, throughout this week, and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a meal for us to share, um, as was announced earlier. And we hope you'll stay. If not, that's fine. Uh, if not, have a blessed 4th of July weekend. We are dismissed. <laughs>